Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So for the past uh, three days, I was in Houston, Texas at the Youth Gathering Planning Meeting. Uh, as many of you know, every three years there is a youth gathering put on by our church body of over 18 to 20,000 youth. And so, of course, that takes a lot of planning. And uh, this is my first time being on the planning team, and I'm on a specific team called the Mosaic Team. And what the Mosaic team does is uh, we are talking about the diversity that exists within the church and that we need to uh, highlight and focus upon within our church body. And so I'm really excited. It was a, a refreshing meeting and at the same time something that kept me pretty busy for the last three days. And in the course of those meetings, there was a topic of conversation that came up uh, quite often. It's something that is really common and something that I'm sure you all talk about from time to time. Uh, see, this thing is something that has been around since the beginning of time, uh, all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Uh, it's a thing that sometimes, if people don't get it, they tend to get a little frustrated, maybe a little tired, sometimes even a little annoying. Uh, this thing is quite literally necessary for life. Uh, I guess technically you could go a long time without this thing, but eventually you are going to need it once again. Uh, this thing has a way of uniting people of all cultures and races. I mean, it is such an incredible, amazing thing. It's food. Yeah, um, I don't know if that's what you were expecting because a lot of things might be able to fit that criteria, but food has a way of just bringing people together and it allows cultures to express themselves, right? I mean, we pass recipes down from generation to generation, passing along the culture and the tradition that comes with those recipes and the way that food happens. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, if I go too long without food, I tend to get a hangry right? Hungry and angry? Yeah, hangry. Combine those two things. If I go too long without food. And if there's one thing I've noticed in my short time as a pastor, especially working with youth, if I have food at an event, I am more likely to get at least extra youth. And sometimes they even invite their friends because it's like, oh, where's the free food? We're coming to it. And not only that, I've come to notice that at any church event in which there is food, you're more likely to get more people. For example, here at St. Andrew, the Sunday that we had donuts back in the commons, we got a lot of good feedback about that. And the next Sunday, there were more people and thus more donuts. So clearly everyone likes the donuts here after worship. Uh, and, and again, I think that speaks to the reality that when a lot of people gather together, there's kind of this expectation and this reality that we want food. And I think scripture highlights this as well. I think Jesus knew that too. See, in our gospel text this morning, we hear that old familiar story in which uh, Jesus is with a ton of people gathered together, and of course, there needs to be food. As Jesus was trying to get away from the people after performing some miracles and signs, he simply couldn't, right? They kind of followed him. It's almost like, you know, if in today's world, find my iPhone, they were tracking Jesus. And so they just continued to show up alongside this mountainside. Alongside the Sea of Galilee, people continue to show up, and the numbers grow larger and larger and larger, and Jesus is there preaching and teaching. And eventually, after all these people are sitting there, over 5,000, he turns to one of his disciples, Philip, and he says, Philip, how are we going to feed all of these people? Could you imagine the look on Philip's face? I mean, this is one of those moments where if you're Philip, you're standing there, Jesus looks at you, your master, your Lord, looks at you and says, how are we going to feed all these people? We? That what? We? 
So Philip, he kind of gets thinking. He's like, okay, well, what could, what could we do? And he comes back to Jesus and he says, we couldn't feed these people if we had six months worth of wages. In advance, of course, we couldn't feed these people. And then Philip's brother Andrew comes along with a little boy that he found who had five loaves of bread and two fish. And then, of course, Jesus does what he does. He performs another sign and miracle in front of all the people right there. He blesses the bread. He breaks the bread. And then he tells the disciples, go out. Serve it to all the people. And when they come back for more, he gives them more. And they come back for more, and he gives them more. And they continue to go out and serve all the people on the mountain that day. Over 5,000 people who are fully satisfied and fed from five loaves of bread and two fish. That right there in and of itself is a miracle. It's an incredible thing to think about that Jesus left all these people. Not only did they get just enough, they were full to their stomachs content. And this is an incredible miracle that reminds us of how God is faithful to his people, quite literally to provide for them in their every daily need. And we hang on to that promise. We are reminded of God's faithfulness through stories like this. But at the same time, while that's worth remembering... With Jesus, there's always more to it than that. And I hope you've all had something to eat this morning, because if not, these photos might get a little bit distracting for you. See, this photo here is quite delicious. You probably didn't eat this for breakfast, but maybe, you know, lunch or dinner, right? Um, I can just smell the aroma of that lasagna coming out of the oven. Sauce coming down the side, the cheese just nicely layered on top. You have that nice corner piece, you pick it up, you see the meat oozing out. I mean, a nice piece of garlic bread alongside in the back there, right? And then, of course, like that little sliver of broccoli just to, you know, be healthy, right? <laughs> but uh, we've got all this food here, right? And I mean, of course, there's, it, it's, it's full. It creates that force. And then we've got uh, this next image here that is one that is, well, somewhat more familiar to us. Hmm, yeah, I heard that one. Whoever, yeah, agreed. Pizza. Right? I mean, uh, you can just imagine when you open the box after a long day and open it up and just that haunting aroma fills your nose. Now, um, I guess uh, I'm a bit of a pizza snob because there are standards that I have for my pizza being from New Jersey. But I like to think of pizza how Pastor Mark says it. Even when it's bad, it's still pizza. And when thinking about Jesus feeding the 5,000, those are some of the images that we might get in our minds. We think about full pictures of, of food, a, an entire complete meal, something that could f feed a family and certainly make us full. That image of fullness is so clear. We think about what God did on that day for those people, and we're reminded again of how God promises to provide for us. But again, as I said, Jesus is always up to something more. See, because as the story continues, these are the kinds of images that Jesus leaves us with. See, this, this photo here is one that is a fuller spread. One that has food that you can't even see. You kind of have to zoom in. That's what I did on the photo just to make sure I would, you know, eat everything on that table. And then, uh, of course, there's another photo here that is another example of these full plates, this full entire capacity thing. I mean, more food than what you saw in those first few photos. See, while the miracle of feeding the 5,000 certainly reminds us of what God does for us in the first course and the first time, it even more so also teaches us about what God does with the leftovers. 
which is the last two photos that we saw. See, normally, we don't think about leftovers that way. Um, when we think about leftovers, it's usually like the piece of pizzas that are missing, and it's like, okay, I'm going to put that away for breakfast in the morning. Or at least that's what I did in seminary. Or you think about the lasagna that's got a few pieces missing and you're going to box it up and kind of take it to go. We don't think of fullness in our leftovers. I mean, imagine someone inviting you over to dinner and you say, hey, what are we having? And they say, leftovers. <laughs> yeah, right. No, you're, you're debating whether you're going to that dinner meeting or not, right? But those two photos are a clearer example of what Jesus means, of what Jesus does with the leftovers. See, in the kingdom of God, the leftovers are the best part. Because as the story continues, as scripture continues to talk to us, Jesus continues, right? After the feeding of the 5,000, when everyone is already full, Jesus gathers the disciples and he tells them, go and gather all the extra food. Pick up everything that was left over. And when they gather it all up and they bring it back, it's 12 baskets full, more than what they had when they started. See, these verses here, they, they highlight the reality that while indeed there was a miracle of feeding the 5,000, there's more to it than that. That it was enough to feed people and then some. That there were leftovers on that day. And in the kingdom of God, the leftovers are the best part. And in fact, sometimes we see that in our own lives. Uh, think about it, like uh, maybe you've had to have a really big surgery before. Maybe even a life-threatening surgery. And you were nervous about the experience, you were nervous about what, what might happen. And then after you had the surgery, you came out better, stronger, healthier perhaps. Or uh, maybe you lost your job or you lost a relationship and you were worried about whether or not you would recover from that. But it opened up uh, new doors, new opportunities, and maybe you met someone new and just like that, things got better for you. That in those examples in our lives, sometimes the leftovers, the second, is better than the first. But of course, we know that it's not always that way. I can't promise you that on this side of eternity, things are always going to get better. Sometimes you have the surgery and the pain remains. Uh, sometimes uh, the loss of a job turns into the stressful life at home and turns into a fractured and broken relationship. Things aren't always better on this side of eternity. And Jesus knew that really well, in fact. I mean, think about what his experience was like when he came for the first time. He was certainly uh, doing incredible things turning water into wine, feeding the 5,000, these wonderful miracles. But along the way, people were constantly seeking out to have him arrested. People were trying to capture him, to have him put away for um, saying that he was the son of God. They were trying to prove that he was not who he claimed to be. Prove him to be a failure, a fake. And of course, eventually, Jesus' first time here ends with his suffering, with his crucifixion. His first time here ends with his death. But of course, death isn't the end of the story because he overcomes sin and death and the grave, the realities of a broken and fallen world, and he rises again, and he appears before the disciples, and then he ascends into heaven, and as he sits at the right hand of God, he leaves us with his leftovers, just like he did in the story this morning. And those leftovers are the constant reminder 
of the goodness that keeps on going, the bounty that will always fill us up and then some. That's because with Jesus, the leftovers are the best part. See, his first course was filled with so many miracles and teachings and authority, but his second coming, the return of Jesus, comes with the fullness of hope, of our hope restored and renewed. It comes with the fullness of the new creation, the fullness of the resurrection, the fullness of the new life. And so until that second return, we are living off the leftovers, living off the goodness of all that Jesus has already done and knowing of all that is to come. It's the leftovers that remind us that in the kingdom of God, Jesus is always going to provide for his people and even more so, food for the body and food for the soul. See, the leftovers are the constant reminder of Jesus' presence in our lives. Uh, the leftovers that Jesus has for us are his unending mercy, his incredible grace, his unending forgiveness. The leftovers from Jesus are the love of God in which nothing can separate. No amount of pain, nothing on this side of heaven can separate us from the love of God that dwells in Christ Jesus. Those leftovers remind us of that love that abides in each and every one of you. It is an incredible, overwhelming, overpowering love. A love that exists beyond all time. It's uh, leftovers that are quite literally life-giving. As Jesus provides not only in our daily needs, as he gives us our daily bread, but he also provides for us with our eternal needs. And one of the clearest ways we see this is in the meal that we are about to receive. Uh, the body and blood of Jesus, once shed on a cross, now given and shed for me and you for the forgiveness of all our sins. A meal that we receive that fills us up with new hope. A meal that has been filling up the mouths and lives of Christians for generation upon generation for over two millennia. These leftovers are giving new life to all who receive. These leftovers remind us that Jesus meets us in this meal. And that in the kingdom of God, the leftovers are the best part. So church, as we come forward and we receive the body and blood of Jesus, we receive a foretaste of the feast that is to come. We are reminded of what it's going to be like to eat in the kingdom that has no end, to sit around the table at the marriage feast of the Lamb. And I can promise you that on that day, on the day in which Jesus returns, where new creation exists, where our hope is fulfilled, there will be leftovers. Until that day, these leftovers will strengthen you, they will preserve you, they will hold you close to the presence of Christ, which is in this meal. Until that day, we are living off the leftovers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.